What up, world? Your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen every single day. Five days a week, free on all platforms, coming at you every single weekday. Why don't you start your weekdays? Start your day. Listen to Locked on Blazers. It's your team every day. Today's show brought to you by Price Picks. New users can get up to a $100 match on their first deposit when they use that promo code Locked On. Today's show is a whole bunch of fun. The Blazers played two games in Phoenix over the weekend on Friday evening and Saturday evening. On Friday, about as fun a win as you could possibly have a buzzer-beating a buzzer-beating game winner from Jeremy Grant, and then on Saturday, a pretty sobering beatdown at the hands of a good Phoenix team. I want to talk about both of those games. I think Friday's game was close to the platonic ideal of Blazers basketball. I want to talk about that in the second segment. And then I think my opinion has changed a little bit about the Blazers' depth. Uh, I, I think the early season has kind of changed the way I feel about this team's back half, this team's roster in general. That's what we'll talk about to close the show. But first, let's do what we do. We got the fastest recap in the West for two games on Friday. The Blazers win 108-106. Portland led by as many as 15 in the second quarter. Led early, and, and that leads well to 15 in the second quarter. They went into the, into the half up 59-49. Held on to that lead through three quarters, up 86-80 after three, but the Suns, you knew they were going to make a run, and they did. They took a lead, finally, with 2.52 remaining on a Devin Booker jumper. Gives Phoenix its first lead of the second half, under three minutes to go. And what do the Blazers do? They get Yusuf Nurkic, big bucket to respond. He scores in a reverse layup inside. We're tied at 101. Then, after a DeAndre Ayton tip-in that gives Phoenix back the lead, Nurk responds with perhaps the biggest three-point shot of his career, certainly one of them, a top-of-the-key three with just under 39 seconds left, 38.7 on the clock. Nurk rattles in the top-of-the-key three to put the Blazers back on top. But the Suns respond. Devin Booker steps into a three, cash, and the Suns are back on top. And, of course... Of course, Yusuf Nurkic responds, grabs an offensive rebound in traffic, a putback, ties the game. 106 with 23.4 seconds left. Phoenix has the ball, presumably holding for the last shot. Devin Booker dribbles out top. They send two at him. Get the ball out of his hands. Anybody but Booker. You like the strategy, and they throw it in, throw it at the to the foul line. Mikael Bridges, he tries to get past the defense, kind of awkwardly steps with his feet, trying to trying to pivot pass, called for a travel. Ball goes back to the Blazers with one second remaining on the clock. And Chauncey Billups dials up a winner out of the timeout. A a uh, a sideline out-of-bounds play that gets Jeremy Grant supposed to be a lob, but Justice Winslow read it and said, lob's not going to work, let's throw it long. He throws the ball to the far baseline. Jeremy Grant catches it, and yeah, he took a couple steps, but it doesn't matter. Cash out. Blazers win at the buzzer, the most fun victory of the year. In that game, Jeremy Grant a season-high 30 points to go with five assists. 14 from Yusuf Nurkic, who had seven in the fi- seven in the final two and a half minutes. He was really good. Justice Winslow, 12 points, nine boards, nine assists, fantastic. Keon with 11 points off the bench. That's Keon Johnson. Nazir Little with, with another 12 off the bench. Drew Eubanks added 10. Uh, Josh Hart with a classic seven points, nine boards, six assists. Outing and Shaden Sharp had 10. The Blazers held off a, a big game from Devin Booker, 25, and a big game from DeAndre Ayton, and a really quiet game from Chris Paul, 7 points. Uh, five minutes into this game, the the Suns lose starting forward Cam Johnson to what would eventually be diagnosed as a torn meniscus, or reported as a torn meniscus. Blazers just get a really, really fun win. We'll talk about that more in just a moment. 
But because of the new NBA scheduling, that's a 108-106 win on Friday. The uh, the post-game interview, the whole team mobs Jeremy Grant while he's doing the walk-off with Brooke Olsendam. It's one of the great moments of the season, one of the great moments of the past couple of years for the Blazers, quite frankly. The team smiling and goofing and, and all crowding together during a television interview, about as fun as it possibly gets. But because of the NBA's new scheduling quirks, Portland played the next night in Phoenix. In fact, when when Jeremy Grant hit hit a hit a uh, his game winner, uh, Lamar heard on the broadcast said, "Let's go home." And what Lamar really meant was, "Let's go back to the hotel for a few hours because we'll be back here tomorrow morning." Uh, the Blazers come back Saturday night. They face the Phoenix Suns. This time, no Cam Johnson. Torrey Craig steps into the lineup, and the Suns do kind of what you would expect. The Blazers a little bit undermanned. You know, no Amphrey Simons on Friday night. No Damon Lord on Friday night. And the Blazers get that incredibly fun win. Again, we'll talk more specifically about that in the second segment. But same crew and the Suns, who have been the best offense in the league prior to Friday night, just did kind of what you'd expect and handled the Blazers. You know, they led by nine after one. That lead swelled to 61-40 at halftime. Blazers were down 23 after three quarters and never got it into the teens in the second half, losing one, or in the fourth quarter, rather, uh, played basically all bench guys the final 11 minutes. 102-82, the Suns, a roll in an easy one. Uh, You wanted a split? You won Friday? Didn't matter how you lost Saturday. It's still going to end up an L in the loss column. Incredible weekend. Blazers lose. Uh, Blazers lose, but I, I, I'm not going to overreact to this one. It is what it is. Suns are good, and, and you knew you were going to get their best effort because of how that game went on Friday night. Jeremy Grant led the Blazers with 14 points. Shaden Sharp added 13. No one else scored in double figures. Nazir Little had 9. Keon Johnson, 8. And Jabari Walker also had 9. Excuse me, Trenton Watford also had 9 off the bench. Uh, the Suns got balanced scoring. Devin Booker had 24. Chris Paul, 15. Mikhail Bridges ended up with 11. And they rolled easily again. Again, 102-82, not a lot of points to be had, and the Blazers still lose this one. Uh, we got to give out some impressive performances of the night. Um, you know, Jeremy Grant was incredibly impressive on, on Friday. He was their leading scorer on Saturday, so he's getting my impressive performance of the night. That don't impress me much. Shania Twain's not impressed. I don't need Shania Twain to be impressed. Uh, hard to please, quite frankly, Shania is. But Jeremy Grant was, it was proof of why you cash in your chips to get someone like Jeremy Grant. You know, if Jer- if Grant could score 30 a night, he'd be Kevin Durant. So, so like, it is, like, it is what it is. Like, of course, he wasn't going to have the night he had, but, you know, two nights in a row. I mean, he, he's, I guess he's capable of it in theory, but Suns are really good. It's, it's, it's tough to consistency at that level is pretty difficult. That's what superstars do. Jeremy Grant is merely a very good player. And on Friday night, he showed he's a very good player. 10 of 17 from the floor, got to the free throw line, nine of, um, nine of 11 at the stripe, the five assists because he was getting double teams. He was red hot early, right? Like he was rolling, rolling, rolling early in this one. He had a monster first half, got a lot of attention in the third quarter and actually didn't have this like super loud second half. But when the Blazers needed it, he was there. He was hitting mid-range jumpers. Like the way to, you know, shot making is is always going to be the, the best counter in the league for someone who's playing well. It's just like, well, hate to tell you, but I'm hitting shots. What are you going to do about it? Um, and Grant was just, just fantastic. Uh, he couldn't repeat that on, 
He couldn't repeat that on Friday night, or excuse me, on Saturday night after the after a season high thirty on Friday. But he's still the impressive performance of the night. It's the impressive performance of the weekend. Uh, this is this is the Jeremy Grant you went and traded for. Was that when you don't have Damian Lord and when you don't have Anthony Simons in the lineup, you have another guy who you can say, hey. Can we run offense through you and you can go score? As as special as Josh Hart is, he can't he can't really be that. He's not that. I mean, he did have a Barack Obama last year, but like he's he's not that on on a good team. Yusuf Nurkic is is just like a a center without the ball handling chops to really run a ton of offense through. He can be really good. He was freaking great down the stretch on on Friday night. He won them the game. Um, you know, kept them in it when they needed big buckets. Nurk was there hitting big buckets. I thought he was great, 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 great on Friday night. But he's not, he doesn't have the skill set to run offense through. With this team and the lineup they did, it was going to be Jeremy, and he delivered. And that's why he's the impressive performance of the night. This was just was a great, great game on Friday. Um, so much fun. I want to talk about that more in the in the second segment. I think Friday's game was close to the platonic ideal of Blazers basketball uh, for so many different reasons. And I will touch on all of them in the second segment. But first, let me tell you about prize picks. It's daily fantasy made easy. I play prize picks. I use the app, but you can go to prizepicks.com if you're not an app person. And what you do is you're picking between two and five players. You're making your selections and you're just picking statistical projections, whether they go higher or lower than the projections set by prize picks you're not playing the field you're not playing experts you're not playing sharks it's just you versus prize picks projection lines so if you pick five players you can win up to 10 times 10 times on every entry you don't have to get every single one right you can win money for getting three out of your five picks correct you can win money for getting four out of your five picks correct it's a whole bunch of fun i enjoy playing it and right now if you go to prizepicks.com or download the app and when you do as a first time user put in the promo code locked on they'll give you a hundred bucks on your first deposit, you put in hundred dollars, they're matching you hundred bucks. You put in fifty bucks, they're matching you fifty bucks. So why not go right now? Prizepicks.com. The promo code is locked on, and it's Prizepicks daily fantasy made easy. All right, let's talk about Friday night's game. Friday night's game was as fun as you can have as a Blazer fan. As fun as you can have. One of the big tenets of this podcast is, is I'm a pro. It's a pro joy show. I'm pro joy. Thing I say on here is hold tightly to your joy. Hold on to your joy. Cling tightly to your joy. Hold on to your joy. Because Friday night was so much fun that if you're doing this right, Saturday's game didn't bring you down. Because the point of the idea of holding on to your joy, whatever that might mean to you, is that most teams lose. Most things are, losses are sobering and they come quickly and that one team out of 30 wins every year and mostly teams lose. That is the truth. So when you have moments like Friday night, when everything clicks and everything's special and Jeremy Grant has 30 and Justice Winslow reads a perfect lob pass and says, no, we should throw it long, throws it a little bit longer and Jeremy Grant hits hits that fading baseline jumper and barely cracks a smile until his teammates run him down and celebrate. That's the joy to hold on to. When you see the entire squad mobbing Jeremy Grant in the post-game interview and Damian Lord picking up Jeremy Grant's wrist and tapping it to let him know, that was Grant time that we saw, or Jeremy O'Clock, if you will. That is the joy you should hold on to. But I think more than just more than just the appreciation of how fun they, this team has been, right? Like, if you are capable, appreciate how fun the Blazers have been because the Blazers have been very fun. 
simple as that. Hard to ask for much more from a basketball team than being really enjoyable. I mean, hopefully they, you know, at some point your team wins a championship, but short of all of those things, like they play 80, 82 games a year. They play some playoff games. It's like, you just want them to be fun, to give, to make you feel good when you watch them. And the Blazers have made you, if you're a Blazer fan, have made you feel good when you watch them. They've just been a joy. But I thought Friday night was the perfect encapsulation of like the platonic idea of the Blazers. Damian Lillard's out, still nursing a calf injury. Hopefully, he, he, the Blazers are hopeful he can come back on this road trip, but we'll see. Uh, Anthony Simons was kind of a surprise late scratch added to the injury report on Friday with left foot inf- inflammation. Uh, there has I haven't seen a ton of reporting on exactly what happened to Ant, but a painful foot. Like he's got, he's got a his his left foot is um, hurting him, and he's and he's out, and he didn't play either Friday or Saturday night. So you got to play this game with Justice Winslow as your starting point guard. Well, Justice Winslow started at point guard tonight, and in the season opener, what is it, nine games ago, he finished the game guarding center Demontis Sabonis. Justice Winslow is point guard and center. He is literally the definition of versatility. Uh, this was Yusuf Nurkic, who has been so up and down and has had, um, you know, his, his sort of, He's had moments where he's where he struggled. He's had moments where, you know, in that season over, didn't even play down the stretch. He's had moments where he's been great. Since Damian Lillard's been hurt, Yusuf Nurkic has been great. And, and against that Phoenix game, in that Phoenix game, final two minutes and 29 seconds, Nurk, Nurk gets a reverse layup, hits a three, and makes a put-back bucket. Uh, ties the game with his reverse, gives him the lead with his three, ties the game again with his put-back. Like, he was clutch. And he just, just was excellent in this game. The Blazers were tough. They were gritty because they were up 15. You knew Phoenix was going to make a run. They cut the lead to six in the third quarter. Like, you knew, you know, the Blazers were up 10 with three and a half minutes left in the third. You knew Phoenix was going to close that quarter strong and come out strong in the fourth quarter, and this was going to be end up a one-possession game. And it was a one-possession game. Phoenix took the lead on several occasions, and the Blazers responded. They're just, they're tough. They're gritty. They're fun. And they're smart. The Blazers, and, and this, this goes all, this is up to Chauncey Billups as well. Like, I felt like last year's team, has some low IQ moments more often than you would like. Just like dumb stuff, dumb turnovers, dumb plays, dumb decisions. This year's team's not going to get beat by being stupid, by being foolish, and by making mistakes. They might lose because of, you know, nights they don't shoot well or nights they don't have the size or the or the, whatever it might be, right? Like that, that that's it. But they're not going to get cheated by effort and IQ. They're not going to get cheated. This is a smart team. I think Chauncey Billups has been great to start the year. Um, he's coming out of every timeout and in his own defense. He's showing a zone pressure on uh, some out-of-bounds that are the far end, like if the team has to go the full court. He's showing zone pressure just to take them out of what they want to do early. And when they drop out of that zone pressure, sometimes they stay in the zone, like a 2-3 zone, and sometimes they drop back into man. He's given them multiple different looks on defense. Um he is balancing his play calling between running stuff he wants to fully run and just letting his best guys match up hunt, which we're, they're comfortable with. He's been he's been really good this year, uh, and I think one of the questions, and quite frankly, the question that I posed here on this podcast was like, do we what do we know about Chauncey Billups? And I felt like even in the preseason, I wasn't feeling like you know I have confidence that Billups was is doing this and this. I was just still like the jury's out. Who knows? Early in the season, he's been great. The most important thing a coach has is, is players that play the right way. Um, like I think convincing guys to play hard is a good judge of coaching and some sort of like basic ATO stuff. But also just just the effort. I think first and foremost, do do these gentlemen play hard every night? That was not a guarantee last year. That was not a guarantee last year. This team plays hard. They play smart. They play. They are just. They have just been really, really, really fun. Capital F fun. 
What more could you want? What more could you ask for from a basketball team? This is like the tenet of this podcast is holding on to your joy, but some of that often is like find little silver linings in in these moments that are difficult like oh trended Watford got a contract drew eubanks is back and the blazers have lost 21 of 23 or back like back in his hometown the blazers lost 21 of 23 like it's sometimes it's harder and the, the hold on to your joy is this task of like i'm going to find a reason to when i do find something that it brings me joy to to grasp to cling tightly to it because i know that life is so challenging Blazers haven't challenged you with this one. They've just given you the absolute most fun beginning of the season. Uh, quite frankly, I did not see this coming. If you're a regular listener to the podcast, I don't know that I um, thought the Blazers were going to be like one and eight or whatever, as many of you have tasked me with. I do not recall saying that. Find me the audio. I'd love to see it. But like, yeah, I thought they were going to struggle out of the gates. I thought they had played a bunch of tough teams. And you know what they've done? They've hung with a bunch of tough teams. They've beaten tough teams in late game situations by being you know, a little lucky, but like grittier, or smarter, tougher to be, to find themselves out on, out on, coming out on top when games are in the balance in the final 90 seconds. They've won, they won their first three games, super close. Uh, Friday night against the Suns, they needed, they needed a stop on defense, they needed a bucket on the other end in the final 24 seconds. They got them both. There's luck involved. The last two minutes of report says that Mikael Bridges didn't travel when he got the ball, and Jeremy Grant did travel when he when he hit his game winner. That means that the Suns shouldn't have turned it over with the second left, and Bridges maybe makes a layup to win the game, that the Blazers should have had their final shot waved off because Jeremy Grant caught the ball and took three steps. We don't need the two-minute report anymore. It doesn't do anyone any favors. It's, I'm, a, I'm a content creator. I'm creating, like you know, something like two and a half hours of audio con audio and video content every week on the Trailblazers. I don't need the two-minute report to do this. Teams certainly do it. Fans don't, teams don't need it. Fans don't need it. Nobody needs it. Transparency for transparency's sake is silly. But the point is, even when you're lucky, this team has given you big capital J reasons to find your joy. And if you are, if you are capable of being thankful for that, Go ahead and be as thankful as possible because when Joe Cronin built this roster, he wanted the versatility, the versatility of Josh Hart, who was twisted his ankle on Friday but still had a heck of a game. Uh, the versatility of Justice Winslow, who started at point guard and plays, has basically played every single position on the floor. Uh, the versatility of Jeremy Grant, who when, when asked to, to step into the role of primary scorer and to guard the other team's point guard, which he spent a ton of time guarding Chris Paul on the other end. They added versatility. They added toughness. They added athleticism. This is Friday's game was exactly what you hoped this team could build to. I don't know if we thought I didn't think it was going to be this quickly, but hope they build to a team capable of being good and tough against the top teams in the league without Dame in the lineup. Maybe, maybe not without Ant in the lineup. That's just icing on the cake. But like this was this was the the when you close your eyes and think of how good the Blazers could be. Friday night was like, oh yeah, this is them. This is them tough and gritty and smart and just lucky when you need to be lucky and then taking advantage of those situations when you get breaks. That's all you want from a team. They did every little bit of it and showed how special they can be on Friday night. Saturday was a sobering reality. They got beat down. They were double-digit dogs on Friday night and they won. They were double-digit dogs on Saturday night, uh, both according to betonline.net, uh, and they got, they got beat. 
this is, you know, they were picked to lose both of these games. They got a split. They continue with four more games on the road trip. They're in great position if they can find a way to win. They beat the Hornets and they find a way to win one of the Miami, New Orleans, or Dallas games. They'll be three and three in the trip back home at eight and five. Heck of a start in the first 13 games. Heck of a start if they find that way to do it. Hold on to your joy if you're capable. One of the things I think I am, I've gotten better at by doing this podcast for as many years and as regularly as I've done it is that I can learn from things that I was wrong about. And I was wrong about the Blazers' depth. I have changed my mind about where they are in terms of depth up and down the roster. Let me share that with you with a focus on the youthful depth to close the show. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond, and you are still listening to Locked on Blazers. I thought the Blazers were thin. I thought they didn't have enough depth. I thought they didn't have... I thought they had a pretty good top seven, and the final eight spots on their roster were big, problematic question marks. And I don't think I've come around to the point where I think that this team has championship-level depth. But through... Through these first nine games, through through what we've seen, and then the, the, the six and three start, I really like the Blazers' depth pieces in a way that maybe it's like, oh, I'm like I, the joke is like I've come 360, right? It's like come back to my original my original thought, but I, I really have come around. I don't know if it's a full 180 degrees, but 107, 108, 109. Um, I've I've come pretty far on 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 believing in this youth. And some of it is just like Shane Sharp's been really good. Shane Sharp is he's you know, he's 19 years old. He makes some mistakes. He still his, his pull-up shooting leaves something to be desired. Um you know, he makes some mistakes on defense, but he has some moments every game where he just looks so smooth and so impressive and he does at least one thing every single night worth watching where you say, "Oh my gosh." Like one hand over the mouth, skateboard on the lip of the half pipe type of like, oh, moment. Guaranteed, guaranteed, guaranteed. He's just, he's just, he's been a, he's been a delight to watch. On Friday night, it was an up and under on a sideline or a baseline out of bounds. He cut towards the, towards the inbounder, got the pass, took a dribble inside and went, faked like he was going to go on the right, a left side of the rim, layup, went up. Came back down under Jock Londale and made a swooping reverse layup. Just so smooth, so effortless, so natural. Just like a, just a, just an incredible play where it was just like, yeah, dude has skills that he doesn't, like if, when he ever taps into all of these powers, he's going to be special. Like Shaden Sharp wasn't very good in either of these games, right? Like he wasn't like super good in either of these games, but he has one thing a night where you're like, yep, yeah, that's going to be special on Saturday. He blocked Devin Booker where he was above the rim. Like he, his like, his elbow was basically on the rim. He, Booker's getting into the paint and Shane Sharp meets him and puts his hand like at the top of the square type of thing to swat a Devin Booker little push floater midi um, from the middle of the paint. He has one of these nights. And that, that, his competency, like I, I thought, I'm a pretty big believer that rookies are mostly bad. And um, in terms of like, being impactful players on playoff and championship level teams. Not like all rookies are bad, but like if you're looking for, hey, can this guy help us win and be like one of the eight best teams in the league that typically even the best rookies are like neutral or negative. I'm not sure Shaden Sharp has passed like that very high bar, right? But like 
he's competent and can play and lo- knows how to play. He's a great cutter. Like, and he just like the Blazers have kept it simple enough for him. And what his ask is that he can lean into his strengths. And he's really good. He's been really good, really good in a defined role, really good. in in in, in sort of like with some caveats, but really good and really competent at 19 and he's not going to turn 20 until may he's going to like he has a long time to figure it out and get good that has changed my mind about the blazers depth keon johnson who did not play well on saturday night had a tough game has just looked really competent really competent as an extra ball handler um you know has as in the memphis game the blazers played before they went on the road trip he closed the game because the blazers need another ball handler they needed another shooter on the court they needed someone who could guard John Morant competently because it wasn't Justice Winslow was struggling a little bit and Keon Johnson gets the call because he deserved to get the call. Keon still has some decision making woes sometimes. Um, he's still he can he can kind of get ahead of himself and, and make some mistakes, but he he looks like a just a totally reasonable rotation player when he and it's massive strides. That has changed my opinion on the Blazers' depth. Jabari Walker who played on Friday night because the Blazers needed him for depth reasons. And then when Trenton Watford returned on Saturday, Watford made his debut this season after missing the, the first eight games with a right hip flexor injury. Jabari Walker's still in the lineup. And Walker doesn't didn't set the world on fire. Like he's not, um, you know, this isn't like a dude who's going to score 20 a game. But all of the things you want to see Jabari Walker do competitive on defense he had a really nice block of Damian Lee that led to Damian Lee getting into a little scra- uh, scrap with uh, Drew Eubanks when Lee kind of locked up Eubanks and then Eubanks just discarded him with his elbow totally reasonable foul on Drew Eubanks but what are you supposed to do when someone grabs your hip other than throw them to the ground I, I think the call was correct I also respect Drew Eubanks for doing what he had to do but the beef started because Jabari Walker the rookie blocked a shot at the rim Great block by Jabari Walker. He had another play where he uh, he got beat a little bit by Dario Saric on a pump fake and like driving a closeout, and B- Walker stayed with him and forced a jump ball. He's competitive. He has nice little touch around the rim. He had a nice play around the rim where he uh, Justice Winslow drove and got a little dump off, and Walker cut because he's a smart cutter um, and finished around the rim on a little on a second dump off from from Justice Winslow. Both. Both Blazers rookies, Shaden Sharp and Jabari, and Jabari Walker, really understand cutting on offense. That's IQ stuff. This team is smarter than they've been if they're teenagers. Uh, Jabari Walker's 20. But if they're, if they're youngsters are, are have the basketball IQ to just, like, know how to read and react. Like, when, when it's just play basketball. When it's not plays, you go here, you go here, all those things. It's just, like, see it, play, play your game, like, move naturally, react to what's happening in the court. Both of them really understand how to do that. Jabari Walker is like, looked like a competent bench forward in the league. A, the 57th pick in the draft, a 20 year old, uh, you know, spent a couple years at, at Colorado who was a star is his sophomore year. But like those, those types of selections usually take some seasoning and Walker is not like all rookie type of contributions but he was a totally competent contribution. He looks totally fine when he plays and totally fine is as much as like, that's what you're looking for off the bench, right? Like, are you not going to screw up? Can you have enough highs that are useful and, and your lows aren't so, in, so dreadful that they're really like negatively impactful? Great. Great. Competence. Competence. Jabari Walker looks totally fine in that role. And Trenton Watford, the Blazers have been doing all this without him 
he was, um, you know, he struggled a little bit on defense last year. Even if he knew where to be, he just is like not much of a rim protector and he gets, he can get beat a little bit. But like he's, he, he understands how to play basketball. The thing I love about Trent Watford is his feel on both ends. He knows, he knows how to play this game. Blazers have been doing this all without him. That adds more to their depth. Throw in Drew Eubanks. And, you know, he's 25. He's not in that sort of like under 23 class with, with the rest of these guys. But like he's, Drew Eubanks was, I was worried about him as a backup center. He looks fine as a backup center. And you're, and you're not going to get cheated with Drew Eubanks, although I'm still a little worried about his whole offensive bag. He did hit a step-back baseline jumper against Phoenix that made me laugh out loud in my living room. But, like, he uh, he just, he plays so hard and he's so physical that you're just not going to get cheated in Drew Eubanks' minutes. Like, you're just, there might be nights when he gets overpowered a little bit or there's nights when his, when, it's just not a Eubanks night because of the way that they're guarding his handoffs and stuff like that. But he's he's pretty competent. He sets good solid screens, and he has good. He's a great hook shotter. Great, like he has good touch around the rim. Can can uh, put it up with either hand. Like there's um, there's a lot to like about the Blazers' youthful depth. They've got a lot of intriguing young parts. Chiefly, obviously, Shaden Sharp and Keon Johnson. But I'm I'm. I'm raising probably both eyebrows at this point at the competency level of Jabari Walker, depending on where Trent Watford slots into the rotation, if he plays regularly or not, like that's another useful body that can help. Uh, Watford's got to figure out how to shoot and how to be an off ball player, but he can help. He can play. Drew Eubanks can play. I've changed my mind. I don't think this team has championship level depth. Like I don't, I'm not going to, I'm not sitting here trying to sell you on like, you know what? They don't need to make any moves. If Dame gets healthy, this team will win the finals. I don't believe that. And I and one of the things I do not do on this podcast is is just kind of like blow smoke to to get listens and views. I don't care about it. Hyperbole sells on Twitter. What I want to do is give you my honest opinion. My honest opinion has changed. I think the depth on this team that something I was legitimately very concerned about um I'm not I just do not have that same level of concern. The Blazers have more guys you can plug and play and be at least somewhat competitive. Now you might say, they just lost by 20. How do you feel this? Because if you plug Damian Lillard in, everybody looks better. The floor raises. If you plug Anthony Simons, the floor raises. And that means that the sort of ask for the end of the bench guys, for the Trenton Watfords and the Jabari Walkers and the Drew Eubanks, it totally changes. The asks for Keon Johnson, as opposed to run this offense, like as the backup point guard, it'll just be a different ask. Same with Shane Sharp. When you have more and better scores in the game, it's a different ask. And all of those guys showing competency when their roles get reduced is only a positive. If you are... The challenge for young players and the challenge for role players is scaling up from role player, small ask, to role player, big ask, to, you know, starter, bigger ask, star player, giant ask. Like, those steps are hard for guys to follow. If you scale back and the ask is smaller and you're already pretty competent, that's only that only bodes well for the Blazers' depth. I feel really good about the back half of this roster, or at least good about the back half of this Blazers' roster in a way I just did not feel when the season started. Kudos to Joe Cronin. Kudos to Chauncey Billups and his staff for getting these guys ready. Kudos for kudos to the guys on the end of the bench for taking the strides they've or making the strides they've made. Keon Johnson has improved a bunch. You know who I give credit for that? Keon freaking Johnson. Like that's the. Players play, players improve, props to him and props to the coaching staff for kind of making it all work together. That's right. The Blazers lost a game by 20 points on Saturday night and I came away feeling really good. The Blazers lost a close game to Memphis on Wednesday night and they came away feeling really good. This team's playing well. This team's playing well. 
They need they need Dame back. They need Amphrey Simons back. They need all those things for you know games seventy games ten through eighty two, where we've got seventy one left. But like, I feel good about where this team is, and 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 this split with the Suns made me feel just fine. Like I I I came away with I came away feeling good about this team, even after a beatdown, a game that was not competitive in the second half on Saturday. We got a game. Uh, Monday evening, they play the they play the Miami Heat. Got, got games at the end of the week. Four more on the road trip. It's a daily podcast. We'll cover it after every game. We'll cover in between every single day of the week. Coming at you every single weekday, free on all platforms. Make it your first listen every day. Tell your friends to do the same. And how about you make your second listen locked on sports today? It is the 22-minute program covering all of the biggest stories across all of the major sports leagues in North America. Peter Bukowski is the host. He does an awesome job. Peter will talk to all the local experts in all of the local markets in a way that only Locked On can deliver. So check it out wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.